that's what I presented uh, to these women that are on the stage. Um, again, listening from the woman's perspective. And so, men, we just listen to uh, understand first before we try to speak. We just want to listen. We got our time next week, so let's just listen. Y'all can take it away. Who, who, would, who would like to go first? Uh, Val, go first. There we go. There we go. Good morning. Okay, so I was asked, uh, what is it that I need in a relationship? And of course, this, I have a disclaimer. Um, I don't need someone to be perfect. I don't need someone to be unfinished. I know that that person is going to be unfinished because um, I'm unfinished. So I need a lot of things, but not perfection. I just, I just want to put that out there, okay? So the one thing that I found out, now my perspective is a perspective of a divorced woman who um, has been separated for five years but divorced for one, okay? So I'm, I'm walking with the Lord. Uh, this is, I'm, I'm healed. So I have a new, fresh perspective on things. I've reflected a lot. I've learned a lot from my own mistakes and discovered a lot of the things that, um, that was missing in my marriage so, and, and why I was deficient in my marriage. Now, I take 50% of the blame, so tomorrow, uh, next week I'm sure we'll hear from the men and, you know, I'll be, I'll be seeing all those things over again. But the one thing that, for me, that I needed to thrive and I did not receive was, I think there's an Amber Alert. <laughs> Thank y'all for putting y'all phones on vibrate. <laughs> so sweet of y'all. I appreciate it. Keep going. Remember, we only have a few minutes, y'all, so we got to sure. keep it simple. So my thing is an emotional connection, vulnerability. That's what I need. What does that look like? Um, he pours out his heart to me. He can receive my affection and return it freely. Mm -hmm. uh, he cries in front of me. He loves children, not just his own children, but uh, a guy that loves kids usually has a tendency to be lighthearted and have a good sense of humor and be kind. That's one thing that I need. Amen. Men, are y'all listening? Put your phones on vibrate or turn, turn it, turn it. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Uh, so. No, no, no problem. Uh, next, uh, are you single, married, divorced, ever married? Talk right. to us. So I'm single, um, never married, no kids. Uh, so from my perspective, um, kind of similar to Val on the fact of openness. Um, be open to communicate, open to share their feelings, um, but then open-minded too, um, and willing to compromise and have everything out in the open, hmm. um, trustworthy, not hiding anything and just constantly sharing back and forth and willing to, um, compromise. Uh, mine also, I want someone who has a sense of humor because I am silly and if you don't have a sense of humor, there's, you're not gonna get me. So that's definitely something I need. But something from being single, not having kids, I want a man that wants to have children. That would be my non-negotiable um, because that is something that I absolutely want and feel that you know I want out of life. So if they don't want kids, then I don't feel like that's something I can really compromise. So being single, never having children, and something that I truly want, that is something that would be a non-negotiable for me. Amen. Somebody could say amen at least. Amen. Jeez. <laughs> I'm Wendy, and um, my perspective is coming from somebody that's been divorced. I've been divorced for over 10 years, so I've been on my own for a long time. Um, what I need and want um, out of a relationship is to just feel valued and feel like um, I'm wanted and needed. 
um, my non-negotiable is that my partner puts God first, um, putting God first even before me, because I believe that if he is putting God first and has the desire to grow closer to Christ and be more Christ-like, then all the other little things that we say that we want will fall into place. If he's putting God first, he's going to be um, confident without being arrogant. He's um, going to be trustworthy and honest. He's going to be able to um, resist temptation. So for me, that's my non-negotiable. If he's not putting God first, then I think that all he can offer me is a half-hearted relationship. So that's what makes it a non-negotiable for me. Susan, Susan. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, well, Isaac invited me as the old member of the panel. <laughs> he did say mature. And um, also having now been remarried. So I was married, children, my children are grown, and remarried last October. So... Um, I definitely agree with the things the ladies in front of me said, although Sarah, no, not for children, um, which will make Jay happy. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, because you're in their way. But so I tried to bring for something different. And for me, um, I've been by myself for a long time, or I was. Um, I have a job. I pay for my own things. I have a house. So I don't need, like when you're first starting off and you're young, for someone to come in to financially support or things like that. So for the one I picked was that being older, having my husband be attracted to me and tell me that he is attracted to me. I get ready for work in the morning and he'll say, oh, you look beautiful today. And it's just kind of a, um, a boost to your ego. I do good. <laughs> I, I see you, Jay. I see you, Jay. There we go. <laughs> so just just that, letting them, letting you know that that person just really wants to be with you, and that you are the apple of his eye, that you are the the person that he wants to spend his life with. I think we got some snaps. I think some people were, were snapping their fingers. <laughs> I appreciate you, Jay. Thank you, man. Yes, ma'am. Hello, I'm Brianna. I am young, and I am never, I've never been married, and I'm single. Uh, one of the things that I need is consistency, um, and I think that um, I do agree with everything that they've said, but I think, like, at a point in my life, I think consistency is um, important to me. Um, my non-negotiables would be uh, trust and communication, and also the uh, want and desire to grow. I'm a person who believes that um, being stagnant is not an option, so I'm constantly seeking uh, ways that I can improve myself and be a better me, and I think that that is something that is a non-negotiable for uh, my partner. Um, and that is all. So you need, you need, you saying that you expect a man who is able to grow and who's a grower, a cultivator. I, I, I get you. Um, well, no, thank y'all. That, that's what I wanted to hear from y'all. Y'all, y'all. Now, we'll take a few moments, because I got, a, I got a, a microphone right there. I got some of my old coming street folk that I saw walk in, right, you know, and so um, I wouldn't mind if y'all wanted to say something, you sure can say something. Um, yeah, don't make me call your name. But the question is this. Um, you don't even have to make it personal. You can, you can speak in it from a general perspective. What are some things that um, you believe women need uh, in a relationship and or a marriage? Um, or what is your non-negotiable? Anybody? No men, no men. I'm talking to women only. Better if she got something to say. <laughs> um, I people. Um, well, my non-negotiable is he must stand up. Thank you. Okay. Hello, all. Okay, I'm Nadia, but uh, and I'm also extra, so just get ready for this. Okay. Uh, keep it keep it simple, please. I, I am okay. okay. I, 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 <laughs> my non-negotiable is he must be whole. Um, 
I've learned a lot by messing up twice. So I feel like if he is not whole, he can't be whole unless God is at the center. And if he's whole, he will understand, okay, we can make mistakes in the relationship, but instead of tearing each other's heads off uh, and arguing and all of that, we know that we can approach it by prayer and communication, the right kind of communication, consistent communication. But um, I guess that's it since I'm keeping it short. Praise the Lord. We got we got anybody over there in, in the neighborhood in the back that want to raise your hand. We can bring it back there and and bless y'all with the microphone. If somebody wants to share anything. Anybody over here that wants to share anything? Now, I already I already got your comment. I got your comment that I'm going I'm to make mention of. Come on, Audrey. All right. I'm going to ditto what everyone else said. Um, but as a recent breakup, um, I would say for me, a non-negotiable is not being a Christian and also infidelity uh, are major things for me. But I think the things that I want in a relationship is someone who can communicate and somebody that can be supportive. Because right now, we're all going through our seasons. And so if that person isn't part of your season and helping you down your path, then they need to go down the path they're going and leave me alone. You want to preach? You can preach today if you want to. You, you, you get it. All right, we got, we got one more. Mm. Yes, ma'am. Bless us. Give us your name, please. Mary. Mary. Nola. Nola. Uh-huh. And I like to say uh, the non-negotiable is the male that will not chase you. And my husband chased me. He was a full Christian, and I stayed with him 37, 37 years. And he, he were a Vietnam veteran, a minister, singer, gospel, all of that. So when I came into the family, he blessed me. And he's in heaven now. And I'm still praising the Lord. All right, we're going we're gonna to drop the mic. We're going we're gonna to drop the mic on that one. She, um, she said that the non-negotiable is a man that will not Chase her. Because we got a lot of women who are chasing men, and somebody said amen. Um, But if he's not chasing you, then perhaps he's not interested in you. But chase is just not it, because we're just, it's built in our DNA to be hunters. And many times we like to chase, and then when we get what we're hunting for, then we're no longer interested. But one of the non-negotiables is how you all engage with one another. Is it because you've been chasing him or he's been chasing you? Amen, somebody? Now listen, I have a couple of things that I had. I was on social media, uh, and on social media I asked this question, and I had a lot of different people responding. If it was not on Instagram or on a couple of the Facebook pages, these were a couple of different responses that I got. And then we'll proceed what I believe um, my understanding of what women, the one basic thing, if there's one or the first thing that I believe that women really want and really need when it comes to uh, an effective and a thriving relationship and or marriage. Uh, but then I'm going to talk a little bit about what's at the source of that. And what's at the source of that, I believe, we'll be able to find in the text. And finding in the text, what I'm going to do is point out something to you that you can see and men will be able to see very clearly. And then I'm going to turn around and give you five things you need to look for when it comes to a man. Amen? There are five things I'm going to need you to write down, and then when you write these things down, make sure that if somebody's chasing you or you're interested in somebody, you might want to go to those five things, and you might want to check it out to make sure that he is one, one, two, three, four, five. Amen? I need y'all to be a little bit more excited. So what I saw on social media was now that I'm married, everything is negotiable. Things change when you get married. It said, uh, because we fight so hard to stay together. Now, in marriages, there are going to be fights and offenses, but you have to be committed to stay together. Amen? Because when you fight, you can't just run when you're married. And so uh, this one person said, well, my, my need now in a marriage is I need mercy and forgiveness from my spouse without bringing it back up. I'm, I'm just going to lay that right there. I need mercy and, and forgiveness from him 
without bringing the past back up. Someone who is forgiving, someone who has mercy. And then she went on to say, I need a leader with a kind and gentle heart. See, gentleness is something that is just not woven into our DNA, and that's something that we have to work toward as men, right? And so, yes, you want a strong man. You want a man who is a leader. You want a man who is a warrior, but you also need a man who can be gentle as well. Amen, somebody? I'm talking to us men. And so uh, the second thing I, I remember seeing that, that stood out, a man who is in touch with his emotions. Everybody say emotions. emotions. And able to connect with others on an emotional level. Someone who is respectful, appreciative, and affectionate. Somebody say affectionate. affectionate. Toward his mate. Strong yet gentle and a good sense of humor. Ain't that something? Um, the third one, third one, third one. He needs to be able to minister to me first. He needs to be able to make me feel safe. He needs to protect me and not allow anyone else to disrespect me. Disrespect me. Be able to correct me in love. Walk in his authority as the head, not be lazy. See the need and address them. That sounds great. Now be careful what you ask for. Because you're asking for a man who will correct you in love. But you and I both know that every time somebody offers you up some constructive criticism, you think everybody's trying to attack you. Right? So we ask for something many times. And this is not just one way, but it goes both ways. We, We create this list. And this list is so imaginary. We want these things in the other person that we are not ourselves even exemplifying. And so we say, no, I want a man who will correct me in love. I want a man who will lead me, but you don't even know how to be led yourself. And so, and so I'm, saying, I'm saying that yeah, we want a man, who, and this is good fodder, this is good fodder, but we want a man, we want someone who will correct me in love, and he's trying to correct you in love, but you always take offense to everything. So we keep on going, y'all don't want, I, I'm, I'm totally talking to the men, not to the women, okay, all right. So I want to be found by a man. Now, operative word, I want to be found. I want to be found by a man who is God-fearing and seeks the Lord in every area of his life. He must be spiritually mature. Everybody say spiritually mature. And faithful to God in, with his finances. There we go. We got an amen. With his time and his talents. He must be honest and have a strong work ethic. He must, be, he must have good communication. And a positive attitude. Oh, let me pause here. See, the series was supposed to go like this. It's supposed to be three weeks. It's supposed to be the first week you talk, uh, you let women talk, and then you talk to the men. And the second week, you let the men talk, and you talk to the women. And then the third week, we're supposed to have FAQ, frequently avoided questions. And so what I'm going to have you to do is I'm going to have you to hit social media, my inbox, because some of the things you want to ask can't even be posted on social social media, right? And then we're going to come in here on the third week, and it's going to be off the chain, because I'm going to talk about stuff that you have, you're going to say, how dare we talk about that in the church, right? Because we got to talk about it somewhere, amen? And so on the third week, trust me when I tell you frequently avoided questions, we're going to talk about that subject you think we're not going to talk about and why it's important to deal with. But then the thing is, though, I realized in the prep that we're going to head into a fourth week. And the fourth week, if I have permission from you, from you all, we're going to go into a fourth week. I know some of you just got permission to leave your church this Sunday, but I'm just telling you the fourth week, we want to talk about is your relationship or your marriage affair proof? And how to actually build an affair proof relationship, an affair proof marriage. We're going to talk about that. So um, do I have your permission to extend this to one extra week? Yes. Okay. Oh, one person said he needs to have a good credit score and a clean background check. I knew that awake. I knew that awake some of y'all up. I knew that awake some of y'all up. So I'm, I'm saying, like, if he got a good credit score and he got a good background check, everything else is negotiable. But let me let me drop this on you. Let me drop this on you. This is important. 
Be stubborn with your standards, but be flexible with your preferences. You'll get that when you get home. (laughs) Be stubborn with your standards, but I need you to be flexible with your preferences, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. I mean, he may not, he may not be as tall. as you prefer, but does he pay attention to you? I mean, he may not know the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, but does he have good work ethic? Is he adaptable? Can he grow? I'm going to keep on going. And so I'm looking and I was looking, I was listening, I'm paying attention. There were a couple of words that, that, that I, I, I remember seeing and listening and as, I, as, I'm, as I'm going through social media. And the common threads, the common things, common words that women said that, that, that they were looking for, that they expected. The one was honest, trustworthy, unconditional love, a man who was patient. Everybody has sense of humor. Consistency. What does it mean to have a man who is consistent? I mean, a lot of people talked about a man, they need a man who is consistent. Huh? Finish what they started? Follow through? I'm on your side today. You upset with me and I'm trying to facilitate the conversation. Let me translate without the anger. She said, you need to finish what you started and what you did to get me, you need to keep that going. Amen? Did that, 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 do that right? Okay, all right, all right. Someone who is consistent, I mean, don't have pipe dreams. You keep saying you're going to do this and you're going to do that, but we look up and you never follow through on nothing you said you're going to do. I need a man who is consistent, women say. Then I keep hearing caring and gentle. I keep hearing compassionate. Compassionate communication is what a few people said. Other people, uh, some people said Compassionate communication cannot be translated into text messaging often. All right. Being a good communicator is what I'm hearing people say. See, a few years ago when we had this subject, we had this subject. See, this is what most most women think that they want. They, They ask, does he know Jesus? Does he have a stable job? Is he good looking? And can he make me laugh? So y'all not going to agree to that. But although those things I believe are important and essential, there is one thing that I think men need to hear, men need to be reminded of, and women need to also be adamant about. One thing I've come to learn and I'm learning now that the the most important thing, the very first thing a woman needs in any relationship, in any marriage, and we've heard it a few times and I was hoping they weren't going to take the thunder, is that a woman, every woman, I don't care what they tell you, every woman needs affection. I thought I was going to get some help there. Every woman, every woman, every woman, man, listen, every woman, every woman needs affection. Affection can be defined as the communication that you care. 
I don't care about the hard exterior that a woman has. I don't care about the hard exterior. I don't care about what she's been through. Whatever has happened in her life, these are the questions she's asking herself. She's asking herself, and she's asking you whether she said it or not. And even many times, she's saying it, but she's saying it in a different way. She's communicating in a different way. But what she wants to know is, do you love me? Can you show me? Will you talk to me? And will you protect me? Every woman, every woman, I don't care what stage or phase of their life, we can talk about, does he know, gee, I know, I know you want to know, is he, a, is he a Christian? But before we get there and assuming that whoever you're talking to is a believer, every woman, I don't care how many degrees she got, or should I say she has, is that, is that better English? <laughs> Some of y'all looking at me crazy. But I like got better. It's more emphasis. I don't care how many degrees she got. I don't care how much money she makes, whatever she's accomplished or what she has not accomplished. Every single woman wants to know, do you truly love me? When things get hard, will you still be there? Will you show me? That you love me. Yes, we know they, they want to hear it. They want to hear it. Yes, woman wants to hear you say it. They want to hear you say it, but they also want to feel it. And I need to know, I need to know, I need to know. When the going gets tough, can I look to you to protect me? Because affection, affection is essential in any relationship, in any marriage affection because she wants you when you wake up in the morning as we are when you, baby you look good I mean I know I know I know I know I know I know but every now and then you need to just send some surprise flowers just say, I'm thinking about you. Or, or, you know, you know, if you're helping her pack and she's going out of town, she's going out of town, you know she's packing. And I mean, when she gets to where she's going, where she's going, like, wherever she goes, she wants to open up her suitcase and you roll her some little sticky notes, just, just reminding her that you're thinking about her while she's away. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, every woman wants to know when you go out of town, you know, when you go out of town and you handle your business, but you come back and you bring her something because you want her to know every day you were gone, you were thinking about her. I'm saying before you go to sleep, I'm saying there's a nice, there, if you're going to text, say, I'm thinking about you. But if you're going to pick up the phone, baby, I just want you to know that I love you. A woman, a woman, a woman, a woman needs to know that you care. I'm saying if you're walking in the mall, you're walking in the mall, I'm saying, I'm saying, I know you, I know we, men, we always say, well, she know I'm not the affectionate type. But I'm saying when you're walking in the mall, you're walking in the mall, I'm talking from this, walking in the mall. I, I, know, I know she's not going to reach out, but she would love for you to reach out and just grab her hand. I know she's going to tell you, now I don't like public dis displays of affection because she's used to not getting it. And so she doesn't want to set herself up. She doesn't want the disappointment, so she already just keeps up herself from expecting. I'm saying, why don't you just grab her hand? Not her butt. Now, follow me, follow me, because men, we, we equate affection with sex. We grab your butt or we touch you. Can I, can I just be honest in here? We'll touch you because that's our way of getting what we want as well. And so I touch you. If I touch your body, it's because I, I, I see something I like. And we think, and many times they may like it, but we think that's what they need. But that is not necessarily affection. I need to know that you care I know I know but 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 we on it we're on the same page my wife my my girlfriend but but she knows that I'm not the affectionate type when you think about it though you feed your stomach every time you're hungry but the last time I checked your doctor told you that your diet cannot consist of potato chips and a Budweiser and so every now and again, you actually have to eat something that you don't necessarily prefer. I don't think every man in here loves green vegetables and loves all kinds of vegetables. Maybe you do now. 
But I'm saying that every meal that you partake of may not be balanced, but you know that your doctor said you need to get some more balanced meals. So there's some things you eat not because you want to. You eat them because you know you need to eat it so your body can function. I'm saying every woman doesn't want affection. She needs affection. And so the relationship needs affection in order to function. And if you're not giving your woman affection first, you can quote the Bible and scripture all day. You can talk Jesus day and night, but she doesn't really know how you really feel about her. And so I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, think about it, think about it. Your gas, your, your car, it needs gasoline to run. So every time your car begins to, the, the gas hand begins to move, you have to make a decision. I'm going to go to the gas station. You don't like gasoline, but you know your car needs gasoline to function. And so you go to the gas station when your car needs gasoline so that your car can function. Man, are y'all listening to me? You don't like gasoline. You may not even like the smell of gasoline, but your car needs gasoline in order to function. Every woman in this world would love to be in a relationship or married to a man who adores her. You can be married 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, 5 years, your first year, or you could be dating it doesn't matter. I'm talking about what I have learned and am learning. Because see, when I was engaged, when I was engaged, you know, I tell you everything about the engagement. But I did not understand that concept. She told me, I need a man. When we were in the process of breaking up, she said, I need a man who will tell me I, he loves me every day. He's going to kiss me. I looked at her and said, Shh, you're crazy. <laughs> because I felt, like, I felt like she was putting me in a position where I needed to validate her and I needed to be somebody that I wasn't. And so you got to be calm. You got to be cautious about those, those lines. You got to draw those lines. But I didn't know what I know now. And I'm saying there are many relationships, there are many marriages that falter because you weren't showing her the affection that she needed. But we'll talk about that in week four. And so I was looking, I was looking, I was looking, and the thing about a man giving a woman affection being able to communicate to her how he feels about her. I know because men will talk about another time. See, we love you. We just show it differently than you're paying attention to. We paying the bills. We're cutting the grass. We're washing the car. That's me saying I love you, but it's not me. Man, it's not your time right now. It's the women and I'm talking to the men. Because you still got to speak her language regardless. And so a man, in order for a man to show affection to a woman, you have to understand that there is a foundation, there is a premise that you must be paying attention to. He needs to be emotionally available and mature. I'll say it again. I know we say, I want a man who's spiritually mature. Is he emotionally mature? Because you can be a king wearing a crown. You, just because you're wearing a crown, it doesn't make you a king. Just because you say you're a Christian doesn't mean that you're pursuing Jesus. I'm simply saying to you, we're in a situation where you have to make sure this man is emotionally available. This man is emotionally mature. What are you saying? What are you saying? Think about it. When we look at the text, there's a text that I want you to look at real quick. It's in 1 Kings, 1 Kings, 1 Kings, 1 Kings. In 1 Kings chapter 21, this is what it says. I want to share something with you. Now remember, be stubborn in your what? Be stubborn in your standards, but flexible in your, in your preferences. His lifestyle is more important than his resume. You'll get that later. His character is more important than his features. Well, you'll, get, you'll get that later. And so, look, I'm talking about emotional, emotional, emotional. You need a man who is emotionally available. You need a man who is emotionally mature. 
Let's look at this. We got, we got King Ahab. King Ahab, he's the king. He's the king of Israel. We got King Ahab. He's the king. Everybody say king. He got a crown. He's the king. But let's look at what happens. It says now in verse Verse one. Now, there was a man named Naboth from Jezreel who owned a vineyard in Jezreel beside the palace of the king Ahab of Samaria. There was a palace, the king, and there was this vineyard beside the palace next to the king that Ahab wanted. He wanted this vineyard that was next to the palace. The king wanted the vineyard that was next to the palace. And let's go what happens. One day Ahab said to Naboth, since your vineyard is so convenient to my palace, I would like to buy it and use it as a vegetable garden. Everybody with me? He says, I will give you a better vineyard in exchange, or if you prefer, I will pay you for it. But this is what Naboth said. Naboth said, the Lord forbid that I should give you this inheritance that, I, that was passed down from my ancestors. He told him no. Everybody say no. And so, and so, and so, so Ahab, the Bible says, went home angry and sullen. He was angry. His head was down. He's emotional. He's sad because somebody told him no. And so what happens? What happens? The Bible says because of Naboth's answer. So the king went to his bed with his face to the wall and he refused to eat. What's the matter? His wife Jezebel asked him. What's made you so upset that you're not eating and you're not talking to nobody? You're not talking to anybody. <laughs> Verse 6, I asked Naboth to sell me his vineyard or trade it, but he, he told me, no, he refused. So I don't want to eat. I don't want to talk to nobody. I want to turn my head to the wall because I'm sad because I didn't get what I wanted. And so I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm just going to turn my back into the bed and I'm not going to talk all night. I don't want to talk to anybody because I wanted the vineyard that was downstairs next to the palace. And I can't get the vineyard. So then I just I don't want anything. I don't even want to be king no more because I'm just I don't get what I want. They told me no. But I'm the king of Samaria and somebody told me no. And now I don't want to eat because I can't get the vineyard that I wanted. I'm sad. I don't want to talk to nobody. Are you the king of Israel or not? Is what she said. Are you, are you a man or not? Jezebel demanded, get up. Eat something. Don't worry about it. I'll handle it for you. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't listening. I'm trying to draw a picture. I got my Crayolas out. I need, I need y'all to see what's going on here. You got a king of Samaria, a crown on his head. A crown doesn't make you a king. He's powerful. But somebody told him no. If you pay attention and see how he responds, when there is conflict, you will see how emotionally mature he really is. If you pay attention, don't, don't cross the boundaries, but just listen. Pay attention when he doesn't get his way. Does he stonewall the conversation? Does he shut down because somebody told him no, the answer wasn't the way that he wanted, so he don't want to talk to nobody. Everybody got to suffer because I didn't get my way. You need to pay attention. I know you want a Christian, but he can be a Christian. He can be a king, but still not be emotionally mature. So be careful what you're looking for. Come on back. Come on back. Come on back. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to handle this. So, so she wrote letters to, in Ahab's name. She wrote letters, put Ahab's name on it, sealed it with, with his seal, with his seal, and then sent him to the elders. She sealed with the king's seal because the king has a ring, and on that ring, he would seal everything. And if you open it, and they know you broke it. And so she took his ring, and then she sealed because she's writing a letter in his name. Y'all not paying attention. And then she sends him to all the elders and all the leaders of all the town where Naboth lived. Somebody to see really what, the, what happens when men don't lead. What happens when men never grow up? In the letter she commanded, call the citizens together for fasting and prayer and give Naboth a place of honor. Naboth, give him a place of honor. We're going to have a dinner. Give him a place of honor. What she said? What she said? Yeah, I, I, just, 
and then seat two scoundrels across from him who will accuse him of cursing God and the king. Then take him out and stone him to death. So the elders and the town leaders followed the instructions Jezebel had written in the letters. They called for fast and put Naboth at a prominent place before the people. Then the two scoundrels came and sat down across from him. Are y'all listening to this? And they accused him. They accused Naboth before all the people saying he cursed God and the king. So he was dragged outside. The innocent man was dragged outside the town and stoned to death. The town leaders then sent word to Jezebel. Naboth has been stoned to death. When Jezebel heard the news, she went up to Ahab and said, you know that vineyard you was crying about? I took care of it. I handled the business. Go and get your vineyard. And he goes down because he's getting his way now. And then he walks downstairs and then he gets to get his vineyard. So he's happy because he has his toys he can play with because he does not like for things not to work and happen the way he wants them to happen. Make sure he is emotionally available but emotionally mature. Because it is the foundation upon every, which everything else must be built. Because you have a lot of believers, you have a lot of leaders, you have a lot of Christians who have been Christians and who know the Bible. You know, I've taught this before, but they are not emotionally mature. So what happens when men don't lead? What happens when men never grow up, I'm going to make sure I give you this point the way you need to get it. Number one, when men never grow up, it distorts the selection process. What do you mean? Because then we make decisions. We choose women. We choose women to be our wives from our emotions. And so then we look for women who will meet us at our place of deficiency because we don't want a woman who has the capacity to challenge us to move beyond our deficiency and to grow better. And so then I have a relationship where she is the caretaker and I'm the firefighter because I want you to meet me at my place of deficiency when a man is not emotionally mature, when men don't grow up. Because Ahab was a king, but yet he was a little boy posing as a king. And see, you see, Ahab wasn't leading his wife. Why? Because boys can't lead women. And so you got to make sure that you're not trying to date or marry someone who is posing to be something that he's not. So that's why you got to ask questions. That's why you got to pay attention. Don't be in the marriage talking about, well, you know, he's not emotional. You should have knew that before you said, I do. But, 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 but look, but look, but look. So you're saying, you're saying what happens when, 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 when boys don't grow up? It distorts the selection process. I start choosing women I know I don't need to be attached to because you make me comfortable. I get to act this way. You see, you see, you see, the thing about uh, Ahab is that nobody ever told him it wasn't okay to act that way. And so something happened. He experienced some type of trauma as a little boy, as a little adolescent. And so since he experienced some trauma as an adolescent, he never grew up. He was a perpetual adolescent. And so he grew up and every time he didn't get his way, nobody ever had the courage to say, boy, you need you can't act that way because you didn't get your way. And so now he moves into relationship, moves into marriage and nobody ever tells him you can't be a boy in a marriage. You need to grow up. And so most men who are emotionally immature, we choose women who will not dare challenge us to grow up. They make us feel comfortable. Because mama made me feel comfortable. She told me it was okay when I acted this way. When I acted this way, she, she, she gave me what I needed so I would feel better. And so my wife, when I turned my back, 
and I don't talk, I know that she's going to give me what I need. A man or a boy? And so, and so, and so, what's the second thing? What's the second thing? What's the second thing? When men don't grow up, when men don't lead, it forces a woman to occupy a position she was never designed to occupy. You see, when men don't lead, it forces a woman to then be the leader who she was never called or created to be. My Bible teaches me that the woman, when she was created, she was created to be the what? The helper, not the leader. And so Ahab, Ahab, since he's choosing not to lead, and this is why we have relationships that are confused and there's division because the man is not being the leader. Therefore, the woman has to be the leader. We'll talk about that in week four, week four, week four. And so you have you have women who are now occupying this role in the relationship where she's a shot caller. She's the problem solver. She's the one picking when something goes wrong. You just let her handle it because somebody told me. No. I'm going to turn my back. And I'm not going to talk and let my wife do everything that needs to be done. But but when men don't lead. Innocent people suffer. Number three. Because there was a man named Naboth, he was innocent, and he suffered. There are people who are suffering. People will lose their life because you're not in the right position. When a man is not in the right position, it heightens the propensity for somebody to be hurt. We got a lot of men who are out of position, a lot of men who are sitting down, back to the wall, you know, face to the wall. They're, they're sullen, they're disappointed, they're depressed, and they don't want to get in position because you're not getting in position Somebody runs the risk of losing their life. But the fourth thing, the fourth thing I was looking at is that when you look at this text and you go to 1 Kings chapter 22 around about verse 51 and 52, what happens? This is what happens. You need to understand. It says that King Ahab died. This is what it will tell you. King Ahab died and he had a son named Isaiah. His son Ahaziah only led for about two years because the Bible says that he did evil in the sight of the Lord because he followed the example of his father. Y'all missed it. Ahab had a son. And the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 22, around verse 51 and 52, that he followed the footsteps of his father. He, he followed the example. When men don't lead, they then create a generational curse because they pass down these traits to their sons and their daughters and now they have this warped vision of what leadership really looks like and now they enter into a relationship and they do what they saw Papa do. And I'm saying that if men do not start leading and if men don't grow up, you cannot be the man. And then other people start occupying the wrong positions. Other people start getting hurt. And then the people who you're supposed to be depositing into, you're depositing these dysfunctional seeds. And now they live a life of dysfunction because they think that is what function looks like. But that's really not what I wanted to talk about. I know I ain't got it but a few minutes. What time is it? 1043? They already told me I need to be back by 1035. I got to get this thing right, man. I need to drop this on you. I was in my devotion. And I'm just talking about, that's just emotion. It's emotion. I was in my devotion. And I found myself in Ezekiel chapter 22. Round about verse 30. 31. And it was intriguing to me because my Bible says that this is God talking. You got the children of Israel who are about to be taken to Babylon captivity. Right. And so the Bible says that that God was searching for a man. He was searching for a man throughout all of the land who would stand up, who would build a wall for the people, 
who would be the example for the people and who would stand in the gap for the people and who would stand in the gap before him for the people. But my Bible says that God didn't find not one man. And when he didn't find one man, he said, you know what? I'm just going to have to wipe this whole land. Now, this is what it says. This is what it says. I searched for a man among them who would build up a wall, who will build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it. But I found no, not one. But another verse, another translation says, I looked for a man to stand up. Somebody say stand up. For me against all this to repair the defenses of the city, to take a stand for me and stand in the gap to protect this land so I wouldn't have to destroy it. But I couldn't find not one. Looking at First Kings and looking at, looking at, at Ahab, there's two things that you need to look for when it comes to a man. Can he feel? And can he talk? Can he feel? Can he feel? Can he feel? Is he emotionally present? Is he forgiving? Compassionate? Can he be gentle? Is he emotionally available? You need a man who can feel, who's in touch with his emotions, who can and knows how to be vulnerable. I know I'm a man. Men don't be vulnerable. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Can he feel? But can he talk? Can he communicate? I know he looks good. A nice specimen of a man, the resume looks good, but can he talk? Can he pique your interest? Can he, can, I mean, can, can he speak to you about your vision? Can he touch you? Can he pique your curiosity? Can he listen to you? Does he talk to you about his vision? I mean, you need a man who can, who can feel, who's, who's in touch with these emotions, who, who can be vulnerable, but you need, a, you need a man who knows how to talk, who knows how to communicate what's on his mind. You don't have to be guessing about what he's thinking or what he wants to do because you don't know what's going on because he doesn't never talk to you. You don't have to guess does he love you. You need a man who can communicate with you. Conversation. But when you're looking at Ezekiel, and these three things, I won't go into detail. But the thing that stood out to me is that my Bible says that God was searching for a man who was able to stand in the gap, a man who would be able to build a wall for the city, a man who would, who would be before him, but he couldn't find any. But he said, I was looking for a man who would build a wall. Number three, is he a builder? Can he build? What do you mean can he build? Is he resourceful? Does he have good work ethic? As a matter of fact, does he even have a plan? If he's going to invite you into a relationship, does he have a blueprint? I'm not saying he has to have everything accomplished because if he has everything accomplished, then he doesn't really need you. You're the helper. You're supposed to help the blueprint come to pass, but he needs a plan. The Bible says that God was looking for a man who would build a wall of defense for the city so that he can protect everybody. I need to know, you need to know, is he a builder? Because you can't build unless you got a plan. Does the man that you're engaging, the man that you want to marry, the man that you're in a marriage with, is this man resourceful? Can this man build anything? What does his work ethic look like? Because God is not going to find someone who doesn't have a plan because you can't build a wall of defense around the city if you don't have a plan, if you can't come up with the blueprint, if you don't have good work ethic, if you can't follow through. 
you need to know, is this man a builder? What, what's your vision? What you, got, what you want to do in five years? What have you already done? How consistent are you? You can't build a wall if you're not consistent. But he's looking for somebody who's a builder. But the second thing, he said he was looking for someone who would stand in the gap. He needed a man. He needed a man who, who, who would stand in the gap. I need, I, need, I, need, I, need, I need a couple of men to come sit in this chair real quick. I need a couple of men to come sit in this chair. But he said he was looking for someone who would stand in the gap. What do you mean stand in the gap? He needed somebody who would stand in the gap and who would protect the city. You need to know that this man is a leader. You need to know that this man will protect you because he needs somebody who is willing to stand up and to stand in the gap. And if you stood in the gap, that means you're saying that I'm going to protect this city. I'm going to intercede on behalf of this city, Lord. But he couldn't find one man who would stand in the gap and protect the city. Every woman needs a man who can protect her. Every woman needs a man who will be a leader. And so in this text, God is looking for a man who will build, who has a plan, but he's looking for a man who is willing to protect and to be a leader. But it's one more thing. He says that not only is he looking for that, but he said he's looking for someone who, who, who will do that before me. See, you, you, you'll miss that part. You'll miss that part. He said, I'm looking for someone to stand in the gap before me, before me, before me. I need someone who is in my presence. Is he a worshiper? I need somebody. I don't need someone to go to church. I need someone who, no, I need, no, because see, the thing is, just because you have become attracted to him, he pasted on this character that he just started working on since he started dating you. But I'm saying when you look at the text, it says that he was looking for someone who would be in his presence. And I know you found him. Or he found you. But is he spending time in the presence? I didn't ask you if he was a Christian. I didn't ask you. No, does he love the Lord? Is he pursuing the Lord? Everybody is a Christian. That doesn't make no difference. But the Lord was looking for someone who would stand in the gap before him. You need a man who can worship and who will be in God's presence. But while you got them up here, I'm glad you asked and I'm going to let y'all go. Because when I was looking at the text, the Bible says that he was looking for. See, see, God teaches us something and you'll miss this, women. You'll miss this. You'll miss this. You'll miss this. The Bible says that. Stand up, Val. Go stand over there by that, by that cross. Go, go, go face that cross. The Bible says that he was looking for a man throughout all the land. Y'all following me? A man who would stand up. A man who would build a wall. A man who would stand in the gap for the people before me. But he found none. The operative word was that God was looking for a man who was not sitting down. He was looking for a man who was already standing up. He said he's trying to see, see the problem why you got confusion is because the men that you're trying to select women, they're still sitting down. I know you, you, saw, you saw this man, but he, he, ain't, he ain't your speed. But, you know, he's near the cross, though. He's, he's in the presence. You know, he isn't your preference. And you're wondering why you got the confusion because you really want him. You really want him. But the problem is he's still sitting down. God wasn't looking for a man who was not already standing up and doing what he's already supposed to have been doing. You, you, see, see, your problem, your problem is you're trying to make, you're trying to force a man to stand up. You're trying to dress him up because you want him to be what you want him to be. But the problem is he don't want to be chosen. What I'm saying is the Bible says, that God was looking for a man 
But when he was looking for men, he saw men sitting down because nobody was standing up. And the fact that they were sitting down, that meant that they didn't want to be selected. You can't make a man want you. You can't make a man be who you want him to be. The question is, is he even standing up? I mean, come on, come on over here, bro. Come on. Yeah, yeah. You go stand up right beside him. I'm just saying, you may like salt or pepper. I don't know what your preference is. But it could be the reason why you're so unhappy is because you're shopping in the wrong market. You're shopping for something that's not even there. God teaches us a valuable lesson, and I'll let you go so we can come back next week. If he ain't standing up, you need to keep it moving. God is not trying to endorse someone. He's not trying to put somebody in a position who isn't already standing up, already standing in the gap, already in his presence. Yes, any man will become a builder if you show interest. Any man will start saying what you want him to say if you, if you show an interest. But what you have to understand is that when you meet anybody, you're going to meet their representative first. And that representative is going to get tired of performing eventually. Lord, we thank you for what our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, and our hearts have felt. Lord, bless us today. Bless these women as we understand that, Lord, they, they understand that they, they, must, they must be in, in search for a man in the relationship or even in the marriage who can feel, who can talk. A man who is a builder. Lord, a man who, who is a protector and a leader and a man who is a worshiper. Lord, I pray that you bless these women and bless these men because, Lord, you know you've called us to stand up because too many of us men are still sitting down. It's not too late. So, Lord, we bless you this day for what you have spoken to us and allow us to protect it so that the enemy cannot take it away. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.